We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 387. Our guest today is a UK-based show jumper. In 2015, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and she really faced a daunting crossroads that definitely threatened her passion for competitive riding. She was initially sidelined by symptoms disrupting her vision, muscle strength, and balance, and she really refused to let MS dictate her future. She navigated the challenges of MS with innovation and adaptability and really became a force to be reckoned with when it came to the show jumping arena. Her comeback, which was marked by impressive wins and achievements competing both against para riders and able-bodied competitors, is definitely a testament to her unwavering spirit, especially when you hear more about her symptoms and her story and how she gets through a show jumping round. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Laura Goodall. Hi, Laura. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. You're very welcome. I am so excited to hear more about your story, but first tell me how you got started in the horse world. I started, I learned to ride when I was about six. I used to have riding lessons and I had my first pony when I was eight. Wow, I love it. And then what did that look like for you growing up? Were you planning on having um, horses be a big part of your life? Was Was it something that, you know, from the start was kind of all consuming? Yeah, um, horses were a passion of my mum's originally. Um, mm. but I think it it passed on to me. Um, yeah. yeah, they've always been a massive part of my life. And I can't really see a time when they're going to not be, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that's just kind of classic equestrian. Once you, yeah. once you catch the bug, there's really yeah. no way without it. Definitely. That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know in 2015 you were diagnosed with MS. Um, What were you experiencing leading up to your diagnosis? How was it, was it impacting your riding or what was life like for you before? Yes. So for me, well, it took them a year to diagnose me and Mm -hmm. it was the riding where I had most of the symptoms. So prior to this, I was show jumping a lot um, and just getting on with life as a normal show jumping equestrian type person would. Um, but as soon as, well, what we know now, we didn't at the time, we didn't actually know what was causing it. But as soon as mm. my core temperature was getting up, my muscles would just basically turn to jelly. Um, wow. And I'd just fall off the side and I'd go blind. So wow. all, all my all my vision would go really blurred that I could literally only just see patches of colour. But because I'd got to that stage, it would have then affect me for about three four days I'd be struggling to walk and Mm. it would like really exhaust me I had well lots of other symptoms too but that was the big one I'd fall up the stairs I'd yeah fall over a lot drop things I didn't have any I couldn't feel temperature so I'd scold myself quite a lot right but yeah and it got to the stage over the next year um prior to diagnosis that 
I couldn't even walk on a horse. I had to, well, my mum pulled the plug on it, to be quite honest, and stopped me mm. from riding because it was just getting too dangerous. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, um, obviously, receiving a diagnosis like this is pretty life changing. What was your yes. initial reaction? Initially, I was glad that there was something there because they'd been testing for so long and I'd right. had a doctor that was a bit rude about it saying that I was basically wasting their time and making things up um mm. I was just glad that there was actually something wrong because I, I in, yeah. in my head I knew there was but it was just like getting the actual answer um right. but then once it actually sunk in I got quite depressed I just felt like it was going very downhill very fast and it was only going to get worse um because obviously MS is a progressive disease right. um and obviously I couldn't ride at this stage. So I just thought, well, riding and well, horses had been my life and everything I've ever done has been for the horses. And I was just thinking, well, what what is the purpose of life now? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was in a very, very bad place. And then I think it got to a stage where I was just like, I gave myself a good telling off, I think, and gave my head a wobble. Um mm-hmm. And just said I need to sort this out and I did everything in my power to then basically get control of my life again. Right. Since your diagnosis, um, you've made an incredible return to show jumping. Like, can you kind of walk me through maybe your mindset and the determination that it took to overcome yeah. the, you know, initial obstacles posed by MS and then return to obviously the sport and the background that was so ingrained yeah. in you? Yeah. So I obviously had to completely retrain myself to ride because my left side of my body is very weak. There's a very obvious difference between the two of them. But the gap is probably getting less because I work so hard at it now. But at the time, it was very, very obvious. Like originally, I'd start just walking on a horse and I found that if I focused on a point, it would help my balance. But then obviously, (laughs) horses being horses do move quite a bit and when they went off the line I was focusing on I just fall off the side again so then we realized that wasn't going to work for me (laughs) wow Um, so then it got down to right physically I needed to improve my strength and my balance and things like that so I got a personal trainer and I did lots of work off the horse just to try and improve things and replicate I know obviously you can't to a certain extent replicate being on a horse but sure I did as much as I could off to try and improve that and then I just had to find new ways to do things um I have random spasms in my legs so I have to have my my feet tied down basically just to stop them kicking out randomly and it was just yeah it was just a case of trial and error to be honest and I had to well, it sounds awful, but when I eventually got back jumping, um, I would jump and jump and jump until my core temperature got to that point where I would fall off, just so that I knew how it felt, so I knew when when to stop. <laughs> wow. Um, so, I, yeah, I just do that to try and get to it, but it is so, so quick. Even now, I can't really control it as such. Um, if I get to that stage, which if I'm in the ring I'm very competitive I won't pull up unless I fall off so (laughs) if if it happens I'll try and keep going in and see what happens because it's literally a flick of a switch from being okay to right I've lost my leg muscles now wow Um, but yes so I'm 
attitude and determination wise I am quite stubborn a lot would say <laughs> and it's probably done me um a massive favor in terms of MS because mm. I has taken a like I have to be very determined to do something when there's 10 things in your way stopping you doing it it's not the easiest and and you do have to be pretty ballsy to be able to go mm. in a ring knowing that you know obviously everyone gets nervous before they go and compete you know how it's going to go and remembering where to go and things like that um but I have to then on top of that I have the worry of well at what stage am I going to lose control of my body right. will I be able to see by the end will I be able to feel anything um and it's quite scary when you're sat on a horse and you can't hold on and you can't do anything I can't, I can't right. pull up I can't I can't really do much at all but we've obviously we've um we've worked hard and we found ways to stop me getting to that stage so quickly mm-hmm. shall we say mm-hmm. um yeah it's been like lots of trial and error lots of planning I have to stay very cool so I have all my clothing is cooling clothing um I have to put wet towels around me before I go in to try and get my temperature down Mm -hmm. um I'll warm the horse up and be ready to go and then I'll walk around for a while until I've got back down to nothing just so that I go in as cold as possible so I've got as long as possible in the ring before I reach that tip off point if you if that makes sense yeah yeah what other um, um I guess like adaptations have you incorporated when you're in the ring and those you know you're you're starting to experience those signs um what are some things that that you have kind of put into your your program yeah so uh when I'm in the ring I obviously have my stirrup, stirrups tied down to my girth um so that just keeps my legs from doing random things well sure. keeps them under control um I have a new well originally I used to use sticky spray on my legs just to try and stop them moving so much um just a bit mm. more grip for me if it what if I was going weak but I've now had um Albion of one of my sponsors has made me a new saddle that's got basically um what do they call it like a, a wrap on it um uh-huh. and it's just very, very grippy um and I feel a lot more stable on it it's very good awesome um, and I have like thigh blocks um just to try and prevent the movement of my leg when I lose my muscles basically mm-hmm. just hoping that they're sort of jammed in a little bit more what else do I do I have to have oh, knots in my reins because when I get to a, mm-hmm. I'm, when I first go in the ring I'm absolutely fine but when it gets to that point where it goes slightly questionable um my left hand sort of ungrips a bit whereas the knot I can hold a bit better than just a sure yeah that's probably the main things I do and obviously my clothing is just the big one it's just trying to stay cool really because right right obviously it's not with everyone with MS but for me it's getting hot that causes the main issues sure what has um how has fitness played a role in your riding now and since MS because obviously I know uh, my mom and my aunt have MS as well and I know that sometimes fitness yes um fitness and then you know like you were alluding to like overheating in general um that that can you know sometimes working muscles can cause more fatigue so how do you kind of navigate fitness as like a kind of a component of being successful for riding yeah so for me I I'm very much use it or lose it. Um, mm. 
if I have any moments where I'm not doing something, then I do seize up. Like even when I'm sat at a desk at work, um, if I don't get up regularly, I struggle to work, like walk. I just, everything just seizes up. Hmm. Um, and so in the gym, I try to use every kind of muscle going just to keep them basically working. Sure. And any sort of weightlifting I do, I do it all singularly so I'll never use like a big bar I would put two like a dumbbell in each arm so that my weak side has to work hard and it doesn't just rely on my strong side basically sure. compensating um but when it comes to fatigue and things like that I just have to really really plan things if I know I've got a show coming up uh like a few days before I'll be very careful as to what I'm doing and the morning of a show like I try to get everything done the day before so that the morning mm. of a show I have to do very very little just to try and keep as much energy stored as possible um but definitely working on my balance and doing things like each side separately and strength training has helped because obviously they just yeah my muscles don't seem to fatigue as fast because they are used to doing like these different exercises, I suppose. Definitely. Tell me a little bit about your horse, because obviously, I mean, just like any rider, but especially when you are, you know, it, you don't really know at what point you are going to start losing um, some control and strength when you're in the ring. Tell me a little bit about your horse and your connection with your horse. Yeah, so she's not a trained para horse. Um, I bought her as a seven-year-old. And she's quite sharp and probably not what people would think is a typical para horse, to be honest. She's very, very good. And I, I don't know if it's a mare thing or what, but she can sense when things go wrong. So wow. as difficult as she can be, as soon as my muscles go bad, she seems to know and she just takes control, basically. Wow. Um, previously, I have been at a stage where I've just been coming to a double and my muscles have gone and basically I've my legs have just flown backwards by themselves so I was almost on her neck and she just literally threw me back into the saddle yeah um but she, she's never been trained to do it but she's very wow. very good and I little things but I can no longer leg yield with her because when my muscles get bad I only use my good leg coming to a fence so right, I don't right. want her to think that that's me asking her to yield to the side sure. um, and so now if I say you because my right leg's a good one so if I use my right leg to ask her to move over she just gets faster rather than moves over she uses uh -huh. it as, she teaches she treats it as a like a go forward thing right because she's used to me not having one leg sometimes. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's but, so interesting. Yeah, she's, she's, um, she's quite the warrior, um, and mm. she is a little bit hot-headed, and she can be a bit fiery, but she's very sensitive, and I think that helps with her basically connecting to what happens with me. Totally. Yeah. yeah and she's, I, she's very just, kind. <laughs> yeah. There's just something about mayors, right? I mean, they can yeah. be feisty and have their opinions, but when they, yes. when you're on a team with them, they have so much heart and oh, yeah, it's like they know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I a hundred percent agree with that. 
We are moving into our new home this year and something I'm so excited about is to fill the house with equestrian art because not only is it just so classic while being so timeless, I think it really aligns and, and fits in with any type of interior decor and style. I found an equine artist a couple years ago back when I first was introduced to her amazing equine art calendars. I've been using them for a few years now. I think this is my fourth calendar of hers, um, but her name is Steffi Hornig and she is one of the most talented equine artists I think I've ever met. And something I really love about her methodology is she really prefers to really get to know the personality of the horse and then paint them, you know, to really try to capture who that horse is. Um, and so I just really think that shows through in her art and really sets it apart. For more information, if you're looking for a calendar, I think there are a few 2024 in stock. I just got mine and I am obsessed with it. One of our horses is actually the month of February, which she did so perfectly. So to get more information, visit her website at steffihornigequineart.com for more information about how she does what she does and, and for you to get your hands on some art or getting her to paint one of your horses. So again, that website is steffihornigequineart.com art.com. All right, let's get back to the episode. Obviously, in addition to, you know, physical part of the sport, physical challenges, I imagine there's an impact on the mental side of the sport as well. So how do you, yeah. you know, navigate the days or the periods of time where mentally you may be struggling? Oh, it's yeah, like confidence and things like that have I have had a knock of confidence in the past with things because a lot of my issues since having MS are non-controllable right. and can be quite scary. But yeah, I don't know. I seem to have been like, I try to just breathe through things, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. um, just take my head off somewhere else and not, not, not think about it too much. Right. Um, right. And just, yeah, just kind of get on with it. But yeah, it, yeah, it can be, I I have the attitude of there's nothing wrong with me I'm just being silly um I don't like to think oh I've got MS right. I just treat it as oh I'm being lazy today or <laughs> oh I'm just not feeling it today or you know oh I just fell over for no reason I'm so clumsy <laughs> hmm. rather than oh it was MS because I just don't want it to feel like I've got something I can't control I'd rather just blame it on something else to be honest and sure <laughs> yeah, I feel like you have this determination to like not let MS define you as a person, yes. as a rider. Do you have any like pivotal moments or like realizations that kind of solidified this mindset of, you know, that you're going to feel this way or kind of like act about um, your MS this way going forward? For me, I know like obviously I was in a very bad place when I first started. Sure. And I couldn't find anyone that was in the same situation and I was thinking I'm not gonna get around this but then once I I don't know how or why I can't actually remember where I managed to turn my head around at some point and once I had I realized that like the positivity was helping the situation I don't know mm. I don't know if that is an actual thing if yeah. it's a fact or what but like the more I did things the better it got and when you find ways around it um it just 
yeah like the buzz you get again just sort of helps mm-hmm. you to keep going and so now I just try not to dwell on things because as soon as I start thinking about something you can very very easily get down like a deep dark hole and absolutely yeah, it's not good oh, it's not good right. for your riding either <laughs> right well as someone who has achieved remarkable success what what would you maybe for someone listening who has you know, facing their own unique challenges in pursuing their passions, pursuing riding, what would be some advice that you'd give them? Um, To be honest, I would just say, whatever happens, you know, you need, if you've got a passion and you want to do it, you've got to find a way to do it no matter what. And you'd be surprised at how many different ways you can adapt and change things. You know, nothing's impossible. Um, If you really love it, then just go for it and don't let anything hold you back. Right. Right. Looking forward to the future. What excites you the most about the prospects for yourself in riding and advocacy within the equestrian world too? To be honest, I I try not to be like goals and things for me going forward. Let's just keep going. Yeah. (laughs) See what happens. Take it in stride. Um, Because I'm, as I've already mentioned, I'm quite competitive and I can be quite hard on myself if I set a goal and don't make it. So I try not to <laughs> try not yeah. to set too many goals because I, so I, I don't get that. disappointed. But um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'd I'd like it to go continue really. Um, keep going as we are. Um, it would be lovely if para show jumping started to be a more recognised sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and get the same sort of treatment as para dressage. I know a lot of people have never heard of it. Right. And the ones that have are still like, I don't understand how you can be para and show jump. And yeah, it's just sad that there's not enough countries involved that they can't be in the Paralympics and things like that, really. Right, right, definitely. What would you say is an area of the industry that you are especially passionate about that you feel like the rest of the horse world either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? um yeah probably the same thing parachute yeah. jumping <laughs> yeah definitely um yeah I'd, I'd love to I you know I, I do try and advocate for it as much as I can because a lot of people don't realize it's a thing um right. I didn't until I got talking to someone I knew actually that that had heard of it before and seen it but it would be really nice to get parachute jumping on like a bit more global um and just yeah like heard of and talked about and publicized mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah there's just I just don't think there's there's not enough people in it because I suppose people aren't aware of it and there's not the funding either which is very sad but it'd right. be very very good if one day it did catch up and get to the Paralympics but yeah what would be some of the steps that it would take to get para jumping closer to the level of para dressage just a continued um, conversation. I mean, what would you say the size difference in in those two worlds? I mean, I know para dressage is huge. Yeah. Um, wh- how how much smaller is para jumping? Oh, massively smaller. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the UK, there's really not that many para show jumpers, um, so okay. we don't have a massive amount of shows because obviously there's not enough support for them. Wow. Um, but on like worldwide there's not enough countries involved at all there's only a few countries I couldn't name them to you right now because I can't think um Hmm. Germany definitely do because we've been over there competing um but there's not enough countries involved to be able to make it Paralympic um okay 
there's a cutoff of how many countries there has to be, but there's not enough countries that do it, sadly. Ah, okay. Okay. So yeah, continuing to have conversations about it and then obviously um, funding to be able to have more horse shows around it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Got it. I love it. Well, Laura, thank you so much for taking the time sharing your story. I think what you're doing and your ability to um, really thrive in your sport is so fun. It's so inspiring to see. And um, I just, I'm so excited to continue to watch your journey, but I wish you all the best. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.